0: And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is Philippians 4, verse 7. I am your host, Sandra Flack. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you caught our June episodes featuring foster and adoptive dads. Uh, Each episode was a dad. Uh, with lots of wisdom and experience to share. If you didn't catch them, I invite you to go check them out. It's always awesome to hear from dads on this journey. So on this episode, I want to take a bit of time to reconnect with you. Uh, I've had so much going on and value this opportunity to share some of my crazy journey with you, just kind of get caught up. We've done a number of episodes where I've interviewed guests, um, but wanna just reconnect and get you caught up with uh, just, you know, we're on this journey together uh, and I'm sure I could, you could tell me stories. So I'm gonna just share a few of my own today. Um, and I want to let you know before we get started, I'm going to ask that uh, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, I would sincerely appreciate it if you would take a moment to subscribe and even leave a review. It's super simple to do, and it makes a huge impact. Uh, When listeners subscribe, it signals to the algorithm uh, that this show is relevant and important, and we want all adoptive, foster, and kinship caregivers to find this show, because we believe it's a vital resource for the parenting journey. So please take a moment to subscribe. In fact, since we changed the name, we used to be the Orphans No More podcast um, back from our radio days, uh, and June 1st, 2022, we changed the name to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey and we've already seen a significant jump in subscriptions now that the name is more relevant uh, and reflective of who we are and what we talk about. So we're thrilled. So please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done that already. Also, if you find this show to be an encouragement, let us know. I have been hearing from some of you amazing moms out there on the journey, not only telling me that this podcast has really helped and encouraged and equipped you, um, especially when I'm having those conversations about FASD and trauma, um, but also that um, you you, you have questions and sometimes instead of just trying to respond through an email, uh, I'll actually reach out and schedule a call, a Zoom or a phone call, um, just so we can have more of a conversation. Like we're sitting around a table, having some coffee uh, and enjoying a conversation and, and talking about the things, right? So um, sometimes it leads to that. So I invite you to um, connect, reach out. You can contact me directly. My email is my name, Sandra Flack, jfo at gmail.com. Also, you can reach me at our ministry website, justicefororphansny.org. And stay tuned to the end of the show because I've got some exciting announcements and upcoming events that I would like to share with you. But now to our conversation. I opened the show with Philippians 4 7 because I truly have been experiencing the peace of God that passes all understanding, a peace. That can only come from the Lord because things have been anything but peaceful at my house, in my life, um, you know, on top of the usual large family stuff, two kiddos with FASD, homeschooling, running a nonprofit, all of that. Um, On June 1st, my dad passed away. He was nearly 87. He was in a nursing home memory care unit with Alzheimer's. Now he still knew who I was, which I'm super grateful for. I would visit him regularly. He always knew who I was. He did know the Lord, and he died in his sleep. It was a bit unexpected, but you know he was going to be 87. Um, but you know it's it still had to. Um, it was still something I had to walk through and I had to come to terms with because I we, he wasn't like sick and in the hospital and we were expecting it. It was he laid down and took a nap and never woke up. And to me, that's the best way to go, especially when you do know the Lord. And, um, you know, I, I just am very, very grateful. Um, but yet at the same time, it was a loss that I was walking through And five days after his funeral, I flew to Denver, from New York to Denver, for the birth of my sixth grandchild. And for those of you who've read my book, you will recognize my daughter, Missy. Um, She and her husband, she got married in October 2020, um, and they moved to Wyoming about a year ago, and they were expecting their first child due on July 1st. But an ultrasound in early May revealed a possible heart defect, so their doctors planned. They monitored her, monitored her extremely closely every single week from that point. Doctors in uh, Wyoming, where they live, and then down in Denver, where she was going, um, and they made a plan to indu- induce her. Uh, at the hospital in Denver, which is five hours away from their home. Um, So that plan was to induce her on June 17th. And uh, Missy and her husband, Corey, asked me to be there with them for the birth of the baby. So I can tell you, it is one of my greatest honors uh, to be there to coach my daughter through labor and delivery. I was right there when Killian John O'Donnell, strong Irish name, he arrived. He looked completely healthy, but the plan was that he would go to the NICU um, as a precaution and have some tests done on his heart and be evaluated. Uh, so while Corey went with um, Killian to the NICU, I assisted Missy as she she was really having a hard time with anxiety and stress. Um, she experienced significant childhood trauma, and I think the exhaustion. Um, and the, the the stress of labor, the baby's condition, it all triggered past trauma. Um, so we had a really rough go of it after he was actually born until the next day. But thankfully, um, after some, some medication, some sleep that she needed, uh, and much prayer, we activated our prayer warriors, Missy woke up the next day in a much, much better place, except... Then we got the news that baby Killian would indeed need heart surgery. His aortic arch, a part I've never heard of before, but it is a part of the heart. Um, His aortic arch was too narrow for blood to adequately pass through. Um, It requires surgery to widen it and sort of rebuild it. Um, But after he recovers... Uh, He should be good to go with no long lasting problems. He doesn't have a condition or a syndrome or anything that would be an ongoing uh, medical situation. It's just kind of like one and done, fix it and we're good to go. Um, However, he'll most likely spend about a month or more in the hospital in Denver My grandson is a precious gift from God. And if you follow my social media, you will see tons of posts and pictures um, of the entire saga and just proud Mimi pictures with Killian. And um, I had to come home. I left a piece of my heart in Denver Uh, after about four days. I had to return home. My teen boys at home, especially Slava, for those of you who know, he's my youngest. He's 16. He's 16. Um, They do better with me at home. In fact, Slava really struggles when I'm away for any length of time. He has a hard time regulating. So I knew I needed to get home. I wanted to stay with the kids. We didn't know exactly when surgery would be. But of course, You know, the day that I was supposed to come home or that I did come home, I was uh, waiting for my Uber to take me to the airport from the hospital so I could catch my flight home. I got a call from Slava's support person that we have for the summer. Slava had fallen off his four-wheeler. Um, and after a trip to urgent care and the bone and joint center, it was determined that he'd fractured his clavicle, his collarbone. And at one point they were alerting me that he might even need surgery. Thankfully he doesn't. Um, but you know, that was kind of the blow by blow I was getting while I was, um, you know, waiting for my, (laughs) waiting for my Uber to come home. So, um, Killian's, uh, surgery, It actually was uh, June 29th, so we just had that a couple of days uh, ago from when I'm actually recording this podcast. I'm recording on July 1st, Um, but I had to leave, and I am going back, but I'm grateful for the amazing, amazing staff at St. Luke's Presbyterian Hospital in Denver, Colorado. I'm grateful for technology. I got to FaceTime with the kids the night before Killian's surgery and the hospital chaplain came in to pray for him and to baptize him. Uh, And then the next morning, right before surgery, the pastor returned and the kids FaceTimed me again. So I got to be there um, for that prayer. Um, before he went to the OR around 8 a.m. And the surgery took most of the day, but by 7 p.m. Killian was back in his room, Uh, mission completed. The surgery appears to be successful. Uh, Killian is recovering as I record this, uh, but please keep him and his parents, Missy and Corey, in your prayers. Um, We we discovered that Killian's name in Irish Uh, It's the name Killian is the word for church. It also means tiny warrior. So I like to think that the church is praying for Killian um, because he is a tiny cardiac warrior. So, you know, even in the crazy, God does truly work things together for good. In fact, as I waited for my Uber to pick me up at the hospital, um, from the hospital to take me to the airport, Missy and Corey were sitting outside with me and I was getting those text messages and phone calls about Slava's accident um, and the injury to his arm. And, you know, I'm partly, you know, with eight kids, nothing really shakes me up too much. But my son-in-law just kind of shook his head and asked me, "How, how do you remain so calm when all of these things are going on? So it was a perfect opportunity for me to share my faith with him. Uh, and I was able to pray with them um, for the for the baby and for the situation um, before I jumped into my Uber. So, you know, all along, I've been praying that the Lord will use the situation with the baby to draw Missy and Corey to himself. Um, and I'm I'm starting you know, to see glimpses of that. And even Slava's accident, um, you know, was a, was a part of that. So I'm recording this episode a week or so after I got home. And let me tell you, this mama needs some rest. Uh, so I'm actually coming to you from the Adirondack mountains, my favorite place to go for some much needed respite. I do plan to return to Denver in fact my um, one of my other daughters uh, Sierra will be joining me and on July 8th we are going to be um, heading to Denver for just a long weekend to be with um, my daughter to support her and her little family um, so, You know, there's actually so much more going on that I could tell you, but I'll spare you all of the rest. You can kind of get a picture of (laughs) what life is like, and I'm sure you can relate um, as well. Um, You know, do you have days, weeks, months of nonstop stuff like this coming at you? What do you do? Um, Let me share a little bit about what I've been doing Um, Not that I handle all of this perfectly, but I have learned some things in my 22 years of adoptive parenting. My oldest biological child is 30, going to be 32. I can't believe I have a 32-year-old. Down to my youngest son uh, is is 16. So I've been doing this for a long time. Um, And some things that I have learned um that are my kind of go to uh I don't know if you want to call them keys or perspectives or strategies um but relationship prayer word rest laugh love those are the things and I'm going to unpack them a little bit and talk about those one by one um and I hope that you'll take some encouragement um, from it and that, you know, maybe maybe it will help you as you are on your crazy roller coaster journey of parenting as well. So for the first um, and most important one is my relationship with Christ. Relationships were all created to connect. So relationships with our spouse, our um, family members, our friends, our tribe, right? Super important to stay connected. But my relationship with Christ is the most important relationship in my life. I've been a believer for over 30 years, you know, but way back in 1999, I was attending a woman's Bible study at a small country church, which had a huge impact on my life. We were doing the Bible study, experiencing God, knowing and doing the will of God by Henry Blackaby. That study was the catalyst God used to launch me into a life desiring to know God, know his will, and to walk in it, to be obedient to it. Um, like I often say, putting my yes on the table. I didn't know that phrase way back then, but that's essentially when we talk about putting your yes on the table, that's what it is. My answer to God is yes, whatever he calls me to do. So in fact, it was in the middle of that experiencing God's study back in 1999, that God set a little eight-year-old girl into our family. Uh, she became our daughter through adoption several years later. The daughter I was just telling you about with the baby, my daughter, Missy, came into our family in the middle of that Bible study. My husband and I never had adoption or foster care or anything on our radar at all. But this little girl was a relative. She needed a family. We were a family. We were the only family that stepped up and she came into our family at that point and we knew that that was what God was doing and what he was inviting us to. And that really was the beginning of our adoption journey that we've been on ever since. So recently, I discovered that the Experiencing God Bible study has been revised and updated, and I couldn't wait to get my hands on the new version. I've been enjoying my morning quiet time with the study, which Of feels like getting reacquainted with an old friend, you know, it's very similar with some new stories and new features and whatnot. Um, and just a couple of lessons in, Blackaby focuses on our relationship with Christ. He says, quote, a love relationship with God is more important than any other single factor in your life. End quote. I find that to be true. He also writes. Everything in your Christian life, everything about knowing him and experiencing him, everything about knowing his will depends on the quality of your love relationship with God. And if that's not settled, nothing in your life will be right. And again, I find that to be true even after all of these years. (sighs) Friend, life is hard. This adoption foster care kinship journey is hard. Every day, every season, every stage. I know for me personally, I start the day with Jesus and I need him every hour as that old hymn says. So I encourage you to reevaluate your relationship with God. Have you been neglecting time with him? Does he seem far away? My best advice is to anyone, start your day purposefully sitting with him and spending a few minutes inviting him into your day. It might not change your circumstances, but it will change your perspective. It will change you. It it has changed me. So relationship and along those lines, my next point is prayer. While prayer can seem like something we grapple with, you know, like how long am I supposed to pray? How do I pray? What format? When should I pray? Um, I've learned from the scriptures, the scriptures say to pray without ceasing, which I take to mean pray all throughout the day, like a constant lifeline to God, which is what prayer is. I do start my day with a dedicated quiet time, and sometimes that lasts five minutes. Sometimes I can linger a little bit longer, but I start my day with God. I write in my thankfulness journal. I read some of my Bible and I pray. And then I pray all throughout the day, just like I would talk to anyone else I come in contact with. Since I have Christ in me, he's always with me. So I can talk with him and uh, he can talk to me anytime, anywhere. Prayer brings me great peace. And I've learned that I cannot control outcomes. You know, that was, that's one of my big uh, revelations not too long ago you know we try to do all these things as parents when our kids are little because we want them to turn out a certain way grow up and be a certain way think a certain way do certain things not do certain things well i have learned you know with with kids eight kids ages 16 to 32 you can do your best but it's not going to guarantee you any outcome you know so i've learned even with my adult children you know? um, But I do know who is in control. I can't control the outcome, but I know who is in control. So I can pray about anything such as my concerns for my kids, whether they're the little ones or the big ones. And then I give them to God and I trust him to take care of them. So I encourage you to pray through your day too. My next survival strategy, if we call it that, Would be the word of god we've got our relationship with god prayer and the word of god the word of god is living and powerful i've experienced it at work in my life if you've read my book orphans no more a journey back to the father then you know how much the word of god has been a lifeline through my journey and in my crazy busy days how do i manage to read my bible right that too is something that often looks different each day. During my quiet time, I either work on whatever Bible study I'm doing, and I'm always doing a Bible study, whether I have the space in my schedule to be part of a weekly women's Bible study, or more often than not these days, I just work independently on whatever study guide I'm doing. And like right now, I'm doing Experiencing God, um, but that's 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 how I do the studying of God's word. I also listen to podcasts. I love Joyce Meyer, Beth Moore, Proverbs 31 Ministries, Gospel Spice. I subscribe to all of them. So they're always on my phone. And, um, you know, it just, they just keep bringing the word of God to me throughout my day. So while I'm taking a shower, putting on my makeup, folding laundry, making the bed, driving the car, I choose to fill my mind with the word of God. And these podcasts are just constant, like dripping right on me all the time, filling my cup, filling me up with the word of God. So I encourage you, um, you know, to be accessing the word of God in whatever way. There's even, you know, audio Bible apps you can listen to, whatever works for you. I know back in the early days when we first brought the kids home from ukraine and i wasn't getting hardly any sleep at night and one of our kids had this um habit of sucking his fingers in his sleep and he would suck his fingers so loudly like the poor baby it was really because he was under stress and experiencing a lot of fear like stuff i know now that i didn't know then but for me it was like a snoring spouse or a dripping faucet or Fingernails on a chalkboard. I just could not sleep if I could hear that sound coming from anywhere in my house. So I remember, um, you know, I got an iPod back in the day when they had iPods. I had this bright pink iPod, and uh, my teenage son at the time helped me to load the audio Bible on there. So I would. I would put the earphones or buds or whatever they were called back then in my ears, and I would turn up that audio Bible, and I would fall asleep listening to the Word of God, so I could drown out the sound of the sucking fingers. So, be creative, get it in any way that you can. But the Word of God, um, you know, we need our sort of the spirit to to battle through these days. So, in addition to to uh, relationship and prayer and the Word is rest. Rest is so important. Um, Adoptive and foster parents, we are always on duty. Some of us get more sleep than others. Raising kids with trauma histories and or FASD is exhausting. Sneaking in some rest is vital. I've had the privilege. um, We have a camp up in the um, Adirondacks that we sneak away to. It's three hours from our home, but it feels like a world away. Um, And while my son Slava is always with me, even when we come up to camp, currently he and I came up about a week ago um, with, with my husband and our other son um, who they stayed the weekend and Slava and I stayed all through the week. And then my husband returned on um, Wednesday night late so that we could be here through Fourth of July weekend, but Slava stayed with me the whole time. But it was still restful. He actually um, does better at camp because it's a very uh, restful environment, even for him. Um, it's a slower pace. You know, there's woods and trees and mountains and fresh air and water, and um, it's just very, very peaceful. Um, so that's a place where we, because it's only three hours from home, we can kind of retreat to whenever we need to. Um, and trust me, after the couple of weeks I've had my, my whole month of June here, I've needed this rest. I also take brain breaks, something I learned through my facets training, um, you know we take brain breaks because it's a three-hour um uh training um and it's at night so we're all exhausted right to be three hours of, of of being in a course uh getting constant information fed to us so we take breaks right we we do different things and every every hour we get a five to ten minute brain break where we can get up and stretch and walk around and get a drink of water and do whatever and then we can come back to the screen but Um, I've been using the term brain break when Slava gets too intense with his constant questions, like questions like when I get to heaven, um, you know, will my mansion have a hot tub Uh, when, you know, is Grandpa Ken watching us from heaven? Um, is, you know, is God going to, do I have to work in heaven? Um, do I have to go to the bathroom in heaven? Do we get to eat? Like, it's like, no matter, like I'll answer the question. Most of the time, a lot of these questions, there are no answers to the side of heaven. You know, and I, I try to explain, you know, the Bible says there's no, there's no crying or mourning or death or sickness in heaven. And I know that the streets are paved with gold. Uh, there's angels and we're going to worship God but i have and we do get mansions it does say Jesus does say he goes there to prepare a place there are many mansions but i do not know anything beyond that but he'll ask me all of these questions and it can be exhausting at times because no matter you know how i answer them it it always leads to the next question and the next question and the next question and it is non-stop so It is, um, requires a brain break every now and then. Um, And when I say I need a brain break, you know, it's just a time for some quiet, even if it's just five minutes of quiet. Um, It's also a break from screen time. So if I'm, if we just need five minutes of quiet, I don't pick up my phone and scroll. Um, It's just five minutes of it's quiet for five minutes. I'm not looking at anything unless I'm driving my car, because if we're going somewhere, sometimes in the car, the conversation gets intense and I just need five minutes of quiet. And even, you know, I'm looking ahead and driving, I'm paying attention to the road, but it's just a brain break that can also recharge our batteries. So get some rest, however, you can fit that in there. Another one that I love is laughter. And the Bible says that laughter is good medicine. It actually re- re- releases those feel-good endorphins and boosts our mood um, you know, for us and our kids. Play is a way to disarm fear and to build trust. Uh, when I was in Denver with my daughter and son-in-law, it was a pretty intense time those first few days. And I found ways for us to laugh. For example, the hospital they're in is amazing. Like I've been in children's hospitals before, but this this hospital is just incredible. Um, They don't have your typical bland hospital food slopped on a tray and delivered to your room. Um, We actually dialed like a four-digit number from the room phone and ordered off of a menu in the room for all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then the food was delivered to the room about a half an hour later. My daughter, because she was a patient, she ate for free, but her husband and I could also order off the same menu. And for 10 bucks, we could get an entree, two sides, a dessert, and a beverage. So three times a day, I whipped out my pad and pen, and took their orders as if I were a waitress, you know, complete with the, would you like fries with that? Uh, We have, you know, these kinds of salad dressings or for dessert, we have this. So they loved it Um, and we all laughed. They didn't have the capacity to place the call for the food and figure it all out. So I just did it And, and I started, you know, it was like, they said they were hungry and I'm like, okay, let me take your order. And I would stand there next to them, just like a waitress and write it all down, and just like mimic being a waitress, and we all laughed, and it lightened our mood during a heavy time. So find ways to laugh, because it does help you feel a little bit better. Sometimes with my kids, and we've done this for a year, and it's something that we we don't play it at home, but we always play it when we come to camp. Mad Libs. Mad Libs can be hysterical, especially if you play with teenagers, and that's the game where you... Fill in the blanks of a story by naming. It'll tell you to name a noun, a verb, an adjective, a body part. Um, When you play with teenage boys, especially teenage boys with FASD, nouns like poop and body parts like butt cheeks uh, are common selections. So I hope it's okay to say those words here on the podcast, but um, there are other ones I won't say, but um, they do make for very funny stories. Um, some of which when I read them back, because you you don't tell them what the story is about, you just ask them for an adjective, ask them for a noun, and then they pick one and then you fill it in and then you read the story back. Well, I can tell you that at times we have laughed so loudly that my face would hurt and I would be reading, I could barely get the story read because tears would be streaming down my cheeks and it would just be so funny. So You know, that is a fun way to have fun with your kids, you know, and and it's just it's silly, um, but it's fun. And laughter is good medicine. And finally, love, love one another for love comes with from God. And especially lately in the intense climate we find ourselves in ourselves in. Between the news and social media and politics and COVID and all of the things, there seems to be so much taking sides and hate. Uh, But Jesus said to love one another, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. And I have chosen to not fight with people on social media. It's pointless. Has anyone actually ever read a social media post and decided to completely change their thinking. Like, gosh, you know, you're right. I've been thinking this all wrong. You know, I don't think so. Regardless of which side we are on in any given situation, our friends, our real friends, the people who really know us, they usually are on the same side we are on anyway and agree with what we say. And those friends, air quotes, um, who disagree will want, you know, to exchange points of view. They typically become heated. You know, if they they disagree, you say your point of view. They say their point of view. It starts going back and forth. It gets heated. everybody's stressed out. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, anybody who knows me for real, anyone who is my Facebook friend and knows where I stand, um, you know, because. All of my posts reflect who I am. And I'm selective on who I accept friend requests from anyway, even though I'm a public figure because I'm an author and a speaker and a podcaster, Um, you know, I, I don't engage in those conversations. I have friends who are on, you know, have extremely different viewpoints than I do. I have adult children who have extremely different viewpoints than I do. But I don't, I don't have to announce, um, you know, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-adoption, I'm pro-God or pro-whatever-I-am or anti-whatever-I'm-anti. You know, I choose not to post or share on heated topics because if someone wants to have a real conversation, I'm all about that. But I really just choose to love people. And when I see things posted that I don't agree with, that don't line up with my beliefs, I just scroll right by. And pray for them. You know, like I said, even some of my adult children, I don't agree with what they post. And I pray for them. And I love them anyway because they're my kids. And I just choose to live my life in a way that reflects my beliefs. I choose choose to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word or a sayer of the word. And that old saying, actions speak louder than words, is true. So love, love covers a multitude of sins. Love one another. We don't have to agree to, we don't have to agree with people to love them. You know, just read the Gospels to find some examples of that. So anyway, that brings us to the end of that list. Um, while I don't handle everything life throws at me um, perfectly, these are the things that I have learned. Um, to not just survive life, but to thrive through it. You know, I maintain my relationship with God. That's my priority every day. I pray, I meditate and study on the word of God. I try to find ways to rest and times to rest. I find ways to laugh and I always choose love. So thank you for listening today and I'd love to hear your thoughts you know what do you do? how do you navigate? Did any of that you know resonate with you? Um, would' love to hear from you um, uh, your thoughts and feelings on what I shared. Um, again you can email me directly, Sandra Flack, jfo at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to let us know by subscribing. And let your fellow adoptive and foster parent friends know about the show as well so that they can listen and be encouraged and equipped too. Now, September is right around the corner. I'm sorry to say. Um, September is right around the corner. I've got some upcoming episodes where we're going to talk about um, educating our children with trauma histories and um, FASD. So we're going to be talking about Homeschooling, public schooling, private schooling, um, you know, all of the different options. We're not going to say there's any one right way to do it with our kids because every kid is different. But we're going to hear from parents, um, adoptive and foster parents on this journey, who've been doing it all these different ways and what has worked for them and what hasn't worked and just kind of learn from one another. And as you're trying to recover from this school year and head into the next school year and trying to make some decisions, I hope some of the conversations that we're going to be having um, will help you on your journey. Um, But September is also International Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder Awareness Month. International FASD Awareness Month. And we've got lots of FASD stuff going on. Uh, JFO is now an FASD United affiliate. That means we are one of two organizations in New York State that you can contact for FASD resources, supports, and advocacy. And training, Um, FASD uh, United, formerly NOFAST, is the national organization on FASD. And we are in in New York state where we are based, we are one of two organizations in the entire state that families can reach out to in the state for help. If you are listening and you are not um, in New York state, um, then you can go to FASD United and click on the affiliate tab and see where in in your state, it'll give you a list of if there are any affiliates um, that you can connect with for support and resources too, and of course, you can always reach out to us. Whether you're in New York State or not, on our website we have um, we have a lot of FASD and trauma resources, and we're building um, our inventory of those resources um, constantly. So you can reach out to us at justicefororphansny.org anytime you want for those resources, including the FASD 101 training. That we are offering—it's an online or in-person training, ideally for a group. Um, I have created a 90-minute training. Um, it's perfect for parents, professionals, anyone working with your kids. Whether it's you know the, the grandparents, the adult siblings, um, the next-door neighbor, the babysitter, the. Um, you know, occupational therapist, the speech therapist, anybody at all, the school teacher, special ed teacher, anybody working or interacting with your kids who who you feel would um, benefit from some FASD training, including yourself. Um, We have a great 90 minute training um, that we're super excited about. And in the coming months, we will be adding our facets workshops. Uh, FACET stands for fetal alcohol, spectrum, um, consultation, education, and training services. And I'm in the process of becoming a facilitator of the FACET's neural behavioral model. I'll be able to teach anything from a one-hour uh, workshop to a an 18-hour workshop, which would be broken up into six three-hour sessions and anything in between. So we're going to be starting to list those on the website as we have those available. So always be checking out the Justice for Orphans website to, to be able to learn what's available and to learn how you can register um, and to get questions answered about those workshops. You just go to justicefororphansny.org. It's a super- duper beautiful new website. Thanks to our director, um, Kathy Siwak, who created a whole new um, upgraded our site uh, to really reflect who we are and what we do. If you're hearing my puppy barking, she is outside and the windows open. So I apologize for the background noise, but she's making herself known. Um, also, I'm super excited about this. Justice for Orphans is a platinum sponsor for FASD United's wow. Run. F-A-S-D, or you could say it run fast. It's a virtual 5K that you can run, walk, roll. I think that means like roll a baby stroller. Um, Anywhere, anytime during the month of September. We are also hosting a local in-person 5K in upstate New York, in the Capital Region, the exact date and time and place um, we'll be forthcoming very, very soon. Stay tuned to our social media and our website for that. Um, but if you want anything to do with the run, the FASD run, you can go to their website and I'll put a link in the show notes for this runfasd.org because you can click on that and you can register for the run. And when you register, there is a fee that you pay, which goes to FASD United. But what you get Um, you can get anywhere from like the whole packet would be you register and you would get a t-shirt. The t-shirt has the platinum sponsor logos in the back. So JFO is one of those, um, logos that are on the back of the t-shirt. You would get a, um, your number, you know, how you have that number you pin on when you run a 5k, I don't run 5ks. I'll probably walk it. But you get your number. Um, you can also get a medal. So when you complete the, the, the event, you ha- they send you the medal when they send you the T-shirt and the number. And there's other things like if you don't want the whole thing, if you want just a T-shirt or if you want just the number to run or whatever, it's different prices and things like that. So you can go there to find out more about that. But I know last year Slava and I registered. We got a T-shirt. We got our medal. And we actually walked the 5K with Rebecca Tulu, who is a local um, advocate here where I am of uh, FASD. She's an adult living very successfully with FASD, and she um, is sort of like the brainchild right behind the the, uh, run FASD. She's an avid runner. She ran track in high school and college, and she still runs. Um, And she came up with an idea of a 5K to bring awareness, and it's just... um, FASD United, the national organization, caught on to that last year and made it a reality. And we're just building on it from there. So if you're interested in participating in that in any way, because, you know, it it brings awareness and advocacy. Um, If you have an individual, if you're parenting with an FASD um, and you've been listening to this podcast, you know how hard it is to get a diagnosis. You know how hard it is for anybody to understand it. We have to educate everyone else about it, Um, but just like everybody kind of knows about autism or they've at least heard the term autism, right? And that's because of persistent parent advocacy. And FASD affects 1 in 20 children, where autism affects 1 in 59. So we just need advocacy to really ramp up. And that is what we're trying to do. And this run is one of the ways, the 5k is one of the ways you can do that. So please check it out at runfasd.org. Finally, we have something very special starting up in September that you will want to be a part of. I am collaborating with another FASD adoptive mama. She'll be a guest soon, so we can formally announce it. But stay tuned to this podcast, our website and social media. We're going to be doing an online support group that will meet monthly, but also a community that will have... Um, a weekly devotionals and um, meetups and all kinds of different things that will go with that. So um, we're we're kind of building it out this summer as we're able to, because of course, both of us are having crazy lives. Um, But we want to bring that to you, at least start rolling out the support group in September as well. So you can also check out my family's Ukrainian adoption and kinship story. Uh, in my book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father, it is available wherever you buy books. If you'd like a signed copy, you can go to my website, my personal website, sandraflack.com. And I'd also like to give a shout out to our Care Portal County sponsors. Careport is, Care Portal is part of the hands-on ministry we work we do at JFO. Um, and we have some businesses that sponsor that work. These are businesses that really care about kids. And they are Tri-Nuclear Corporation, Bishop Boundary Construction, National Bank of Koksaki, and now Coleman Insurance Agency. These businesses help us to do what we do. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. You can also follow me at Sandra Flack. And I am grateful that you stuck it out to the end if you're still listening to this. Grateful you spent your valuable time with me today, and I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.